Hey, Macca. Hey, Streety. We are back for our first episode of 2020. Much anticipated. We've been... Absolutely. People have spoken. They have spoken. They want us back. They want us back and they've got us. This is episode... Five of them do, at least. Yeah. Episode 34. If we were uh, playing for the LA Lakers, we'd be Shaquille O'Neal. That's it. The great number 34, the big man. So, yeah, it's been a uh, bit of a lengthy layoff and we seem to be having too many of these. However, um, it has been the holiday and... Christmas season. It has. There's so, been a few holidays in both of our families, which have uh, led us to some lengthy delays. Yes, indeed. But we're here. We're here. Australia Day. Happy Australia Day. Invasion Day, depending on what your ilk is. Yes, and we won't be getting. We won't be getting political. We'll no, just be talking we'll sport tonight. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to a pretty big 2020. Yep. It's going to be a big year. Yeah. Um, it's an Olympic year. Olympic year. We love leap Oli- year and an Olympic year. We get an extra day. An extra day, and you also get the greatest athletic show on earth. Yes. The Olympic Games. I get very excited in Olympic and history. This, could this be the year that the Boomers finally oh, win a medal? Please. Don't get me excited. When I say I get excited, I also get very anxious about the Boomers. Yeah, well, maybe we, we, won't, en- we won't entertain that um, thought nah, just that's yet. that's a lengthy discussion. But yeah, it has been a lengthy layoff. Um, there's, you know, um, a lot to, uh, I guess, to cover in this coming 12 months well even though we've been off it's not like sport has taken a break there's no, been plenty happening it continues but before we get started mm. we would just like to throw an apology out to anyone who's experienced in the holidays of driving cars or you know going to the gym yep. and they haven't heard our voices we'd yep. like to apologize for our absence um, and say that uh, you know we're happy to be back this year. We're still very keen. Recording on the regular. Yep, we will be doing this more regularly. We have negotiated some gold passes, and we yep. are okay to get together and do this. That's right. And I just yep. want to throw a special shout out. Yep. To one of our avid listeners, yep. Jess from Spinal Cord Injury Australia. Yeah, hey Jess. Um, I heard about Jess through a friend of mine. Uh, Your mate Chris. Yes, he's had a spinal cord injury himself, mm. and he met Jess. Uh, during his time in rehab down in Sydney and as I have learnt Jess is an avid listener and yeah. um, she works for Spinal Cord Injury Australia did you say as Shreden? well yeah yep. yep. and she suffered yep. an injury herself and she came across Chris obviously in her work yep and they discussed the show yes and Jess was a little bit disappointed that we hadn't been recording that regularly that's correct so, so Jess this episode is dedicated to you yes um, and you actually probably might find this uh, a bit interesting because the topic we have tonight mm. is titled the next decade yes yes we're going to try and one, one of the one of the philosophical discussions that Streety and I have had recently uh, is what the next decade will bring in sport yep and we want to share our thoughts with you guys um, we want to kind of touch on a few things that we think might change the game a little bit in terms of um, the way that we both view, play, and treat sports yep. within our life. So we want to kind of share what we've come up with and then obviously encourage you guys to share with us what it is you think yeah, about we, sport in the next 10 exactly. years. And you know, our thoughts are, and predictions are merely our thoughts and predictions. Yeah, we may be wildly in- incorrect. We may be on the money. Um, but truth be known, if, if this episode is archived and we can refer back to it in 10 years' time, yeah. uh, we may have been onto something. The podcast is an eternal time capsule, thanks yeah. to cloud technology. But um, before we get into our philosophical discussion, let's mm. just recap on where we're at so far in 2020. Sport-wise, let's have a look. So, although the bushfire season is well up and running... It looked like the government was focused on giving out free money before the next election. Yes. Now, this 
Yeah, yeah. Mm. This this has been a dream period for the NRL. Yeah. Because they have been out of the news. Aside from Latrell Mitchell signing yeah. the bunnies, yeah. Josh Reynolds, um, domestic violence issues, and another tape come out. Oh, um, was there a tape? Yeah, yeah. Something else come out. Yeah, of course. So the NRL boys haven't been like completely innocent. They just haven't been on the front page. No, it hasn't been the worst off season for them. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But very thankful. Yeah, definitely. Um, a scandal of epic proportions, mm. you can say. Uh, $100 million has... worth of government money Yep. given to sporting clubs in marginal seats before the next, before the last federal election. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if that's not buying votes, mm. I don't know what is. Yeah. Um, Were you a member of any of those clubs that got a grant street? Def- definitely not. Sports and Spit missed out. We put an application in, but we missed out. Yep. Mm. Um, you know, our philanthropy um, exploits... Um, you know, doing doing the world good. Yeah. In terms of educating them on um, sport. Yep. And other things. Well, we it, missed out um, to the Mossman Rowing Club yeah. to the tune of five hundred thousand uh, dollars. Half a million dollars to the boys at the Mossman Rowing Club. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Now I don't want to show, throw shade on any of my friends who may live down in Mossman. Yeah. Um, maybe not too many. But the rowing club probably didn't need a like a or is it a cryovac chamber? No cryogenic chamber to, <laughs> to heal the wounds. Seems a little excessive. Um, yeah. And I'm sure that uh, given the amount of disposable income and wealth from that particular area of Sydney, <laughs> yeah, yeah. they may have been able to raise the funds yeah, I suspect so. through the odd barbecue on, yeah. on rowing day or, you know. Yeah, I don't think um, they'd be serving chipolatas, not just basically thin Aussie barbecue sausages at those sausage sizzles. Even, even a GoFundMe page may have served them well because, you know, yeah. as evidence from the good work that Celeste Barber has done. She had, yes. Um, you can definitely raise a good amount of money you from You get the right cause, everyone will get behind you, even though they're not sure where the money's going. So Yeah, mm. um, but yeah, the government doing playing some dirty tricks there. I, um, You know, like there's probably communities in, you know, western New South Wales and nationwide that yep. could have benefited from, you know, a refurb of their change rooms or even a- adding a change room. Yep. Maybe some equipment, some new courts, court surfacing. Yep. Swimming pools, mm. you name it. Um, but instead, the Mossman Rowing Club now has a two-story building to keep the boats in. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, if there's anything that gets my goat, mm. it's uh, people being ripped off by the government yeah. <laughs> and the Red Cross withholding yeah. money from the bushfire. Yeah, so let's step outside the world of sports and talk about you know bureaucratic controversies. How do you feel about that? The, the Red Cross, like all the, the reports that they basically... Withholding some of that money for future aid needs. Well, I think on Australia Day, it's more than appropriate to come out and call out the Red Cross for being absolutely un-Australian. <laughs> because I think it's disgusting that they... I mean, people have donated money in good faith to help people who've been impacted by the bushfires. Yeah. The, the, the Red Cross cannot withhold a cent of that for mm. future disasters. Yeah, yeah. Sure, you know, they can probably use some of that money to, you know, to bring on extra staff and, and, and you know, use that for resources to help people mm. directly impacted by this. Sure. But to withhold an amount for future, <clears throat> um, you know, disasters is uh, 100% wrong, un-Australian. Red Cross, you'll never get a cent of mine. You've never got a cent of mine anyway. Um, Red but, Cross, you've got a Black Cross in Streeties. Yeah, Black Cross. Yeah, and right. I would say this about charities like the Red Cross, profiteering off... Disaster is not a good way to go about things. Mm. Well, I don't know too much of the backstory. I know if it 
if it is the way that it kind of is portrayed in the media, it's, it stinks a little bit and it's a bit of rubbish. But sometimes I do know that the media have an ability to to try and you know spin a story one way. And so totally. I'm not real sure that I'm going to judge the Red Cross negatively at the moment. I haven't like it was. It's not, I haven't donated to the Red Cross this time around, but I'm still figuring out what I am actually going to support because I'm not a big supporter of donating to the actual rural fire service it's a government funded institution and should always be yep. so if they if there's a shortfall of funding the government needs to address that not well maybe the, uh, the government so. could have put $500,000 towards the yeah, RFS to buy yes. uniforms yeah, and uh, yeah. washing machines to wash well, that stuff instead uh, of giving it to the Mossman Rowing Club no offence to my Mossman friends yeah and if anybody's listening from the Mossman Rowing Club we're not unhappy with what you're doing down there. We're just unhappy with exactly what the equipment that you're doing it with because it costs too much money. So. And if you'd like us to come down and record a show in your new space, yeah. by all means, yeah, um, just get in touch. Yep, and if you can warm the jacuzzi up, that'd be great. So, Now, that's a bit controversial. Yes. Let's move on glad to something. To, glad to get that off our chest. A little bit fun. So we're sitting here tonight. We're, it's Australia Day. We're watching the Australian Open. Yep. Ash Barty's just moved through to the quarterfinals. Yep. Nick Kyrgios tomorrow night will play... Rafael Nadal. Oh, wow. Now, already in 2020, Streety, Nick's been busy pissing people off. Has he been winning people over at the same time? Is Australia starting to warm to Nick Kyrgios? That's the question I ask you, my good friend. I'm going to say yes. Are you warming to Nick Kyrgios? Or yes. Have, you like him? Yes. I like the fact that he wears basketball jerseys around. Yeah. He's trying to be a man of the people. He's... Bar- is, is that because you wear basketball jerseys around? All the time in summer. Right. Okay. It's a way to do it. It's a way yeah. to do it. Yeah. Um... So you think you're... I was yeah. quite impressed, or not really that impressed. I thought it was kind of cool in a way that Kyrgios would, uh, you know, shun the uh, the corporate court and go play amongst On the Melbourne people. Melbourne Arena, yeah. Yep. He likes um, it a bit more rowdy, I think. Yeah. Yesterday or wherever it was, there was a bit of a stink in the crowd. I saw footage. Yeah, there was a good punch up there. Yep. Yeah, the boys had probably been on the tins all day, I'd say, and yep. probably... Couple of things you said, and a couple of fucking come on, cars. So, yeah. If yeah. Nick can uh, feed that, and there's a, a crowd member we just seen on TV for the Fed. Obviously, he's a bit worried about the coronavirus because he's wearing his face mask at the tennis. <laughs> I think yeah, that would can probably never be too careful. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure if that was going to do that bloke more harm or good. I'd yeah, probably yeah. ask security to remove him. Well, I wonder. So I've seen a lot of footage of, of people walking around, say Melbourne and some of the cities in Australia with uh, masks on and coming into. Sydney Airport with masks on. I wasn't sure if they were trying to protect themselves or others from the coronavirus, or whether they were actually trying, like because of the smoke haze. Like, probably a little bit of both. Yeah, more, I, more like, so smoke haze. But I'm not you so can, sure uh, I'd be alarmist and say it was for always for the. You can definitely draw a, a long bow and create a conspiracy that um, you know it's all related to the coronavirus. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know. we'll avoid the politics and me yeah, we'll talking about it. how we, we don't should have closed the, the yeah we, we should have get back in the Red Cross. Oh, you should have closed the borders. Should have closed the borders. Stopped all the <laughs> stopped all the flights from China. Yeah, of course. Yeah, well, that wasn't because of the coronavirus. You just you were saying that two years ago, right? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly enough, the Matildas are due to go to China to yeah. play in a tournament in that city where that virus well, I was originated from. Not even to like as, like just China. They're going to Ground Zero. Yeah, they're playing like at the epicenter of that virus outbreak. Should they play? Well, I don't think they are. I think it's been called off. Good. good. So I don't. No, they shouldn't play. <laughs> you can go anywhere near there. <laughs> you have to be nuts. Yeah. Look, especially not for women's soccer either. <laughs> no. Why would you bother? No, we need to but protect like, the Matildas. They're pretty good. Yeah, they are. But like you know, like it's oh, it's an Olympic qualifier, so it's very important for them. Yeah. But I'm sure I'd be ringing up FIFA and saying, "Well, I'll tell you what's also important. I think you need to reschedule it, Sep, and the rest of the boys over there at FIFA." Oh, you corrupt, 
corrupt. Yeah, exactly. Maybe they're in the pockets of the federal government as Maybe well. Maybe they paid money to the Mossman Rowan Club. They could have. So, can Kyrgios win the Australian Open? Uh, geez, I don't think he can. I don't think he'll get past Nadal. No, Nadal's but pretty pissed off with him. I definitely think he's scored some points in the PR department. He has, big and, time. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, obviously there, there's but, still an element of dickheadism about him, but, you know, um, I think people maybe kind of like that. Yeah, they do. I know I've called him out in the past. Yeah, yeah. For being a bit of a goose. Yeah. Um, you like have him. too, but then you've also given no, me a compliment. Like him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, so what I reference is the, the comparison that I make with people bag Nick Kyrgios early in his career everyone hated Leighton Hewitt as well yes. like his come ons and his you know like cheering whenever the, the other player made an unforced error and towards the end of his career he couldn't get enough of Leighton everyone loved him you know mm. Australians love a fighter the problem for Australians and tennis is as soon as the Australian Open caravan rolls out of town then everyone forgets where tennis goes after this yeah not there's it's only like you know there's an obviously there's tennis fans that follow the tour all year round but for the people that pay 400 bucks to get in to Rod Laver Arena you know and go down for the tennis for three days they're not they're just your casual fan they Mm. don't know what Nick Kyrgios does for the rest of the year and he largely goes missing after this yeah historically so you know couple more consistent results wouldn't go astray Nick when he was playing his five setter last night I did say he started to cramp up at the end of the game he probably needs to get out there and do a bit more fitness I'd say like it's rich coming from me I know but yeah well I can't comment on that yeah exactly I'll leave that one alone now what about basketball our favourite sport Yes, well... What's been going on in 2020? 2020, uh, the NBL is coming to the point. Fast approaching the end of the regular season. Yes. And it's a cracker of a season too. No surprises that recently it was revealed in the media that the Illawarra Hawks are in financial trouble. They owe a debt to the NBL that hasn't been paid. Yeah. And the NBL is threatening to revoke their licence. Yep. So that'll need to be sorted out in the off-season. But that's a largely fairly consistent occurrence for... The Illawarra Hawks. It's a bit of a shame. They're the smaller teams yeah, in the NBL. Foundation club. I mean, the Hawks should always be there. Well, I think we need mm. a second team in New South Wales. Yeah, absolutely. Didn't work up here, but Illawarra is a bit of a mainstay of basketball, well. not only in New South Wales, but probably nationally. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll post, post a question to you. If you had the money, mm. you know, you're a good businessman and you know had, had a bit of capital behind you. Sure. Would you invest or purchase an NBL team? No. Okay. But but that's but I base that that decision on well so there's two things right right now I think if you want to invest in an NBL team I think you missed the boat yeah because you're investing when the franchises are at the peak of their value yep I I I cannot I fail to see how in a marketplace the size of Australia that an NBL franchise will get much more valuable in the next ten years than what they are now yep because because they are reasonably expensive to buy into when you start getting consortiums of owners. And the type of people that are involved in those consortiums are NBA play, like ex NBA players that earn three hundred million dollars in their career, um, and businessmen that they associate with. Then uh, I kind of feel like there's a prestige involved that you're paying for. Yep. So no, I wouldn't because that. But that's my business head talking. Yep. I I would look for something that's more on the rise. Yep. And I would try and invest in something like that. Um, but what I would also say is I also have a natural my natural instinct is to never invest in a sports franchise yes because you do have the love not to make because I think they're a hobby yes I don't think they're a financial investment I think 
I think in Except professional sports in North America, different story. A lot of owners have gotten not necessarily lucky, but what I would say is there's a period of time now where with TV rights deals and and global marketing campaigns that have seen NBA franchises, for example, quadruple in value. Yeah. And you know, and that's ridiculous. Mm. But that's a it's like a real estate bubble. It is. It will burst at some stage, you know? Like like someone might pay a billion dollars for the LA Lakers, but you're probably not gonna pay a billion dollars for, you know, the Memphis Grizzlies. Someone like that. No. So um, you know, so I so no, I wouldn't invest in the NBL because I feel like the ship has sailed a little bit in terms of value. Um not unless I had a hell of a lot of money. Because okay. I think they're a bit of a black hole. Sports franchises. Let's just say Sport and Spit had a hell of a lot of money. We became the primary owners. Yeah. Would we hire people to run the team or would we have a crack ourselves? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'd like to think that we have enough nows and know enough people <laughs> that we could probably run the team um, and recruit yeah. um, reasonably well and have a successful team. Do you think we'd recruit well? Yes. I feel like we'd make some bad decisions with we do we would recruit. We would have to make sure I think sure... we'd recruit people that play game like they wouldn't the the team wouldn't be known for its hard-nosed defense because you and I wouldn't know how to play that. No. <laughs> and you were a pretty handy three-point shooter. I was nothing. I, like I was there because my mates were playing. So so, so I had nowhere else to go. So I, I'd be a pretty good fan. Yeah. So anyway, we might go okay. I, yeah, pretty good. I, I reckon we could uh, do right. Well, obviously, my experience uh, professionally has been working in sporting franchises in sponsorship and, you know, corporate hospitality. Yeah. So at least I would know that part of it. I, I don't we, think I'd go very well at the recruiting we, We've got enough connections that right. we could uh, get get in front of certain people to make In a basketball franchise. So if you bought the Illawarra Hawks, would you run them yourself? Is yes. That, what would your title be? President? Um, what would my title be? I don't president, just, um, you know. Uh, L president. Basketball operations. Basketball operations manager. Yeah. Okay, what would I be then? Chief operations officer. No, that's, like that just sounds like the same thing. I don't know. Dual titles. We'll Dual share an office. Yeah, we'd share an office. Imagine our office. That'd be sick. Yeah. There'd be a couple of big screens in there for sure. There's yeah. a, uh, that's how I feel like maybe we'd make some poor decisions financially. We'd we'd invest in a pretty pretty nice premise I don't know I'm a bit of a tight ass sometimes I think I'd probably sometimes. keep oh a tight, tight ship you probably would maybe <laughs> you could be CFO yeah that's probably not a bad idea anyway chief financial officer anyway it's a NBL's dream NBL's going good yeah we can't wait for the playoffs it's actually going to be really good I think it's about time the NBL extended just quietly for any NBL fans out there I'd, I'd be interested to hear on uh, on social media once you've heard the episode what you think about potentially my like, I think it's about time the NBL extends their final series to be more than four teams. I yeah. get it because there's only like eight teams in the league, or was it ten teams in the league? I can't remember. I think what maybe what they should do is sort of you know maybe maybe how about this for a suggestion? Go to a top five, but the the fifth place is the play play in, right? So similar to what the NBA NBA proposing, but the team that finishes the minor premiers gets a week off and they come in in round two. Oh, yeah. Um, and then you have a single elimination game. Yeah. Um, yeah, so from like two to five play single elimination games or four and five. No, 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 yeah, you have four, four and five. Four and five play in a single Or even five and six because you've got the, the top yeah. five. Five and six play off. That way, instead of having six teams come in, yeah. um, you know, you reward the minor premiers. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then yeah, you, you go from there. Yeah, fair enough. So you could have a team that has some injuries or import issues and then... Um, 
Then they come in uh, yeah. late, or you know, there's plenty of changeover for rosters halfway through. Quality of the imports is pretty good. Yeah, must say. Um, we called it a while ago, but uh, once Lamelo Ball uh, got his injury, I think in a private group yeah. chat, we said that that was the last we'd see of him. I thought you said that, I and I agree that. with you. I think that I'm, I'm not going to take credit for that. I think that was you who predicted that that was the last you'd see of of the Ball child. Yeah, because and and probably fair enough. Yeah. Well, he records two triple doubles. Yeah. And then I mean, hurts his he, foot he, he inadvertently in training on his own. What he, a he can't surprise. get any any better exposure in those two it. games. So yeah, he, that's he's right. Put the work in. He the can only go he down. Is, he can only harm his chances. Yeah, so exactly. From you know looking after himself, or, you know, you, you, you can't disagree that it wasn't the right decision. Yeah. So he definitely disappointing. Made, disappointing like, as an NBL fan and disappointing for the league. Um, but I think he has brought enough exposure from mm. his, you know, ten or twelve games, however much he played, um, that there'll be more kids coming over. There'll be more guys drafted in, you know, late late first round or you know mm. early second round, or even two way players in the G League. Yeah, they're going to get a sign from their teams Absolutely. to come down. Yep. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, if we go back to the Hawks for a second, is that if there is a consortium that's aligned with an NBA team that maybe have a stake in a G League team, yeah. they start to look to purchase mm. or you know, have, have a stake in NBL teams here. Yeah, I agree. Send, that's and, a and possibility. Have an, a, and have an arrangement where, mm. you know, the imports for that club are, you know, from these guys, yep. from these teams, and, and they're developed out here. And Well, I think the, you have a stream the, of that. the NBA a couple of years ago looked into trying to trying to buy some European teams yep. and and doing a similar thing, using yep. them as development leagues yep. or development pathways for players, yep. even to trial players and hold on to players' rights and do things yeah. like that. But I think what they found was the European marketplace, one, well, the game is played a little bit differently in Europe. Yep. And so success on one side of the ditch doesn't translate to the other. Ah. Um, but also they found that I think the the control they would have over the franchise or over the way the franchise played wouldn't be as much as what they thought, even though they'd come in and be the owner. Yep. There's a history there. There's a cultural kind of barrier that you have to jump. I think what they find with Australia is it's a little bit why imports like to come and play here in the league. Hmm. There's not a big cultural barrier to jump. No. They Like, the Christ in the NBL, they'd just be happy that someone would be around paying the bills. Yeah. So, you know, like after the years that some of the guys have been through, so they'd be, you know, they'd be more than willing to say, yeah, if you want us to run this sort of game, then that's what we'll do. You know, who cares? So you're probably right, Strudy. There could be a could be a big a big opportunity there for the NBA to increase its partnership with the NBL through some ownership kind of shared arrangement, which yeah. would be interesting. And um, you know, like uh, the Mavericks owner Mark Cuban, who's yeah. you know a pseudo celebrity in his own right. Yep. A couple of years ago, or even even maybe more more recently than that, he was. Uh, touting the potential to start some kind of academy, like a, a yeah. European-based academy for the mm. Dallas Mavericks, yeah, yeah. similar to what yeah. you know, Luka Doncic did when he was yeah. with Real Madrid yeah. uh, as a 13-year-old, where they sort of mm. develop these junior players in their own overseas academies, and they yeah. can, I guess, bypass the draft and have their own... You know, the, the AFL do something similar here. Well, the NBA Global Academy plays out of... Out Canberra? Of oh, Canberra, is it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so... You know, there's a there's a precedent for it. What I would say on um, Lamelo Ball is that kid got paid seventy five thousand dollars through the like at, that was his wage this year in the NBL. He's given that back and more mm. already. Yes. So 
I don't think he owes anything to the Illawarra Hawks. Huh. It would have been nice to see him continue to play, and I'm sure some of like you know in in a in a year that's probably not got many bright spots for the Hawks. Wasn't the next star's wage 120,000 US? No, I thought it was 75,000 US, which translated to a, to about 125,000 Australian. Yeah, okay. Was my theory. I, that's what I thought. Anyway, maybe even if it was 125 US. Makes, yeah, at the end of the day, right. he's earned his cash, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. In exposure already, like someone like RJ Hampton who played for New Zealand, maybe I wouldn't say that about because I don't know that he's done as much for them as what the Lamello Ball's done for and the Hawks, but who knows? Not yeah. only did he, he um, you know, do himself, you know, favours on the court, you know, he, he in many ways restored his own reputation just from not, not only his play, but, you know, the, the gestures he did to, you know, donate a month's pay for the bushfire relief and, you know, th- well, things, things like that don't go unnoticed in the circles in America over no. there. And, um, and I, well, like when you're talking about Nick Kyrgios turning his PR around, Lamelo Ball this year, what they did well, and it was a PR exercise, was they deliberately kept his old man out of it. Yes. Even though his old man was around. He was out here. His old man was out here, and his old man was out here for a long time. And, you know, we know through insiders at the Hawks, his old man was around the club. Yep. But what they did was they didn't make a big deal out of that. Mm. And they let him stand on his own two feet and establish himself as, as an actual adult. Yep. and someone who was capable of making adult decisions mm. because that was always the big worry about those two boys was that you get a superstar talent but you may get somebody else pulling the strings yeah you may buy, be buying a puppet yeah and then when and NBA players want to be the puppet master mm. they don't want anybody else pulling the strings because they want to pull them so that's right you know so I think he did himself and or his team did him a very big favor by actually keeping his old man out of it and showing and, and probably just instructing him to just be yourself, which is actually a pretty nice kid. Yeah. And he seems to be making some good decisions. Yeah. And and you'll be okay, you know. And that, he'll be an NBA player. And, you know, yeah. two or three years ago, that was, you know, a bit of a running joke, like this kid's all show and no go. And, yeah. you know, like he grew, he got bigger physically. Um, he's an incredible passer. Mm. Um, you know, he's, he's got a quite a, a good future. And it'll be, I'll be looking forward to, you know, seeing what happens with him. Yeah. When the, when Isn't it ironic, but like two years ago, you go two years ago, he wasn't showing that he's an NBA player. Two years ago, he was 16 years old. That's correct. Like it's sad. It's sad that like I know why we say that, and I would say the same thing. I'm not chipping you for saying that, but two years ago, that he was under that much scrutiny. People were evaluating whether his game was ready for the NBA. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't be because he's 16 for God's sake. That's like, right. So, yeah. Anyway, I, I actually think the media and you know all these other you know, basketball-specific, you know, analysts and, you know, blog boys and podcasters who really yeah. delve deep into this stuff are probably too hard on, you know, like the expectation of these kids to be, you know, amazing from day dot. Mm. You know, like these are boys coming into a men's league. They have to develop, you know, there's a whole life experience that goes along with being an NBA player. Um, that's all, it's, it's part of the job too. Yeah, absolutely. So you can't always hit it on the court and it'll take time for, to to uh, develop yeah and I think the sad thing for him was a lot of that expectation came from his old man shooting his mouth off about yeah, how good he was absolutely and so you know and trying to prove to everybody and so you, you got somebody that was actually being dragged around and the spotlight was being shone on him by something that was outside of his control yeah I mean it's taken and, um, you know three years for Brandon Ingram you mm. know, who was traded uh, by the Lakers they mm. you know used him in the Anthony Davis trade. You know, th- yeah. Three years to him develop into an all-star caliber player. Yeah, that's right. You know, his, his older brother, Lonzo Ball, is, you know, playing good basketball 
Yeah. Zion's back. Yeah, the Pelicans are the new hot team. Have you got your Pelicans jersey on order? No, not yet. Yeah, it won't be far away, but no, I would imagine. No. Zion, will you get a Williamson jersey, will you? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, why not? Add to the collection. Why not, eh? Did you see his block? I did see his block. It was pretty decent. <laughs> it was very yeah. impressive. Yeah, yeah, he sent it fairly far back. Now, um, wouldn't be a sports and speed episode, and we wouldn't be talking about the NBA if we didn't mention our favourite player. Yes. Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. All the right. The underrated Ben Simmons. He's been going pretty good lately. I bet you wish you voted him into the All-Star game now. Did you vote for the All-Star game, Streety? No, but he'll be there anyway. He'll, he'll get picked. We actually mentioned this just off air a second ago, but, you know, like, the fan vote's all well and good, but, I mean, if you're an NBA player, would you rather be voted in as a starter by the fans, or is there any is there more prestige by being recognised by your peers and the coaches to be voted in as a reserve? Yep. Um, it's probably, like, I mean, I'm sure the NBA players respect other NBA players and coaches' yeah. opinions more than they would, you know, fat Joe like me sitting in the stands. Like, you know, they they fat average Joe like me telling them what I think wouldn't go down just as well as, say, if LeBron gave you a couple of words of wisdom. But um, I think actually, from my understanding, I don't really know, but I, like, obviously a lot of them like to make the All-Star game because obviously it comes with a contract bonus. Absolutely. And I, from my understanding, I think the contract bonus can be bigger if you're voted in by the fans Yeah. because it shows the public relations yeah. boost that you'd be giving the and, team. you know, it's a flawed system. Um, you know, obviously, hopefully they iron that out in the next couple of years. Yeah, I don't... You know, like, if you make the All-Star game or not, I, like, I think the NBA players really only care about it because of the bonus. I don't think anyone gives yeah. a shit about playing in the game. Have, um, have 12 players on the roster, as, as they do on a normal team. Yeah, yeah. Get rid of positions. Mm. Pick the twelve best players, you know, yeah, yeah. From, from each or whoever they want to do it. But um, yeah, uh, I mean, I have absolutely no doubt Simo will be an All Star yeah. again. Um, he pretty much sealed that from mm. his game today. Yeah, yeah. Playing the Lakers. Will there be any other Australians participating in the All Star weekend? Would I they? Mean, invite... Joe Ingles will participate. He won't play in the All Star game, but I, I no, think no. he. Well, in his, he did a podcast. Oh, I did listen to that. He said he's, he, he said, said he'd knock it back. He'd knock it back because. So, if you haven't listened to, uh, is it uh, Adrian, Adrian Lowe's? Oh, no, what's his name? Uh, Zach Lowe. Zach Lowe's podcast uh, interview with uh, Joe Ingalls. He mentions that he thinks Joe would be a great candidate to be in the skills challenge at All Star Weekend. Joe seemed to have a, he seemed to be a bit salty about the fact that he wasn't chosen for the three point f- contest a couple of years ago. Yeah, and you know. So he's kind of like, if they call now, I'd tell him no. You know what impresses me about... used to go on holidays. But. Joe Ingalls? What? He backs himself like he's his own biggest supporter. Yeah, definitely. Like, he just looks like he shouldn't be there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he yeah. just rates himself really highly. Yeah. And I actually feel uncomfortable when I watch him play. Do you? A game, no, no. When I see him talking shit to people. Oh, really? It makes me feel well, like... Because you think he's going to get shown up or... I'm just like, Joe... Just stop it. This is not what we do, mate. Really? Just, just play. Because <laughs> it's not Australian. Yeah, yeah. I like his arrogance. I like. Oh, no, it's his, good. I, it's good. Like, I, what it I, just seems unlikely. Like he yeah. doesn't fit the mould of a shit talker. That yeah, he doesn't actually. No, that's true. I mean, the pasty white guy who looks like you know Jimmy from HR is not you know kind of where you would go. But he, I, I really enjoyed that podcast interview that he did with. And he's Zappo. open. And he and he does he like he speaks obviously about how you know like. You know, he wouldn't necessarily consider himself the prototypical athlete. It's not, yeah. He's not an athlete, but but he also has a cheeky, arrogant side to him that he backs himself significantly. Yes. You know, like you know when 
they spoke about his time in Europe and he wasn't playing mm. in Europe. And, you know, he mentions the, the, coach. the coach and said, well, that's why he doesn't have a job anymore because he chose not to play me. Yeah. So, you know, and yeah, I think to play in the NBA on a nightly basis and talk shit to people, probably got to have a fair bit of gold about you, don't you? Yeah. So, oh, it's good. I, as long as Joe brings home a gold medal with the Boomers, mate, you'll always be number one in my that's books, it. Joe. And uh, another white guy who's not super fast and uses his um, body control to amazing effect yep. is uh, a young fella, quite um, Joe Ingalls Jr., Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic. Are you... I don't think he's Joe Ingalls Jr. <laughs> and this wouldn't be... This is like you bringing up the Sharks. You love Luka, don't you? I do, and but i got to say... I didn't uh, even know you had him on the are you pre-show genu- notes. Are you genuinely surprised at how good he's going this year? Uh, no, it, I'm actually not genuinely surprised I mean, because we knew he was good, but like MVP good. No, look, I so like I do a fair bit of reading and I read about anything that I'm interested in. The stuff that I had read about Luka Doncic from some really good judges was that he will be yes even better than what he is now. Oh, and totally. So he's I'm 20. not really surprised where he's at. But I mean, what I'm probably surprised at is okay. I'll probably admit I am probably surprised that he has adapted as quickly as what he has to yes. the NBA game. Um, he seems extremely comfortable yeah. in that environment. Um, I, my jury is still slightly out on Luca in terms of how good he is because I, yeah, I don't know. Like I'm, I still don't rate the Mavericks as a team that well. I know they're going okay, but I don't oh, know. I mean, the Mavericks are well ahead, well ahead of schedule. I think they're one more yeah. player away. Yeah, yeah. Um, but for a twenty-year-old kid to come in. Um, you know, he was obviously touted. He's talented. You know, he's and he's he, he, tough, man. He, he was written really off by. Tough. And this, this is the thing with American scouts. Like, if, if if you don't conform to what the scouts think, then you know, obviously he was he was talked down pre-draft. Yeah. Um, but the kid's averaging almost thirty points, ten rebounds, ten assists. Any other year, he's a flat-out MVP. I think he's probably um, second at the moment. Yeah. Behind the Greek freak. Yeah. Uh, but if the Greek freak goes down or the Bucks have a stumble mm. and the Mavericks win 53 games, let's say, yeah. I'll back him in for MVP. Mm. Um, yeah, look, I wouldn't be surprised at the way he's producing. I mean, he continues to produce. And, uh, like, I guess the thing that probably surprises me the most is every night, because of what the Mavericks don't have, other teams just bash him. Absolutely bash him. And he keeps going. Yeah, and he takes it. He's tough. Yeah, when he gets to the yeah, he's pretty good. I mean, you know, yeah, a couple of years good. when he when his body matures and he he's fit and he's you know got the right mm. nutrition and you know, he adopts some of the stuff we're going to talk about soon. Um, yeah, he'll be unstoppable. I've already crowned him the white goat, the greatest yeah. white, the greatest white player ever. Larry Bird probably a bit upset about that. Well, sorry, Larry, you've been pegged down. You're number yeah, two now. Maybe I, I'd, I'd like um, to see Luca. Achieve a little bit more before I support you in that. Given that it's Australia Day, let's give a little bit of a shout out to Ben Simmons. Yeah, because um, he'd definitely be listening. Yes, he would be. Yeah. Good day, Ben. How are you, mate? Hey, great um, to see you, mate. Huge game today for the Sixers. They yeah, knocked off massive. the Lakers. Yeah. Um, now Simo is playing his best basketball of the season, mm. minus what some who some would consider the Sixers' best player, Embiid. Yeah. So, interesting. Has Simo's rise. Eliminated all the Simo trade chatter, and will it be Embiid that people are talking about as a trade target um, come the deadline, which is in a few weeks? If he continues to be 
unreliable in terms of injury. If, he, if, if MB continues to pick up injury after injury and miss game after game, yeah, then I think he becomes a target of trade talk just basically because of the fact that, well, you know, you've, you, like he's not around, he's not doing anything. Mm. So you forget what he brings. Yeah. If he regularly plays, I think in the end, they'll still hand the keys to the 76ers over to Embiid. And, and I would say that you'd probably still see Ben then be traded. Yeah. And the good part about that is, like, I think every team in the league would want to be involved in those trade discussions, whether it's Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid yeah. being talked about. Yeah. But, like, and I almost kind of, like, unless they can adjust their system and find a way for those two guys to play, then I feel like both of them will actually have have their careers stifled by playing with each other. Jen, that pretty much is the sentiment, isn't it? Yeah. Like, so, like, not only do I think the 76ers will struggle to win a championship, I think those two guys will struggle to reach their maximum potential because they they clash with each other in terms of just their natural style. Yeah. I don't know whether they get along or whether they don't. I couldn't tell you. But what I could say is, is that on the court, Ben likes to get to the hoop and Joel likes to stand underneath it. So, I don't... You know, it makes it a little bit hard. And, and he also... Joel likes to shoot threes, but not necessarily at the end of a Ben Simmons pass. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it was interesting watching some of the game today. Um, one of my other preseason predictions was the Sixers making the finals. I mean, and versus the Lakers, that was my pick. And I, you know, based on what I saw, yeah, Lakers playing at, you know, well, let's say pretty much full strength. They had their, their main guys there. Um, the Sixers minus MB, but they, they look good. They, they mm. you know... They went well. I mean, you can't judge solely off one game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. players are a different, different, uh, different thing. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah it'd be interesting to see what happens in the next couple of weeks with the deadline coming up and what sort of offers may be crossing the table. Whether or not the Sixers will entertain them. Yeah, exactly. The, you know, I look forward to reading some uh, crazy trade chatter that I'm sure is going to come. Yeah, it's cool. Like now, you start to get in towards the like the All Star game, and and then you know that the trades are kind of up on the. You know, coming up, yeah, it's going to be pretty cool to see what happens. Be good to see. Uh, look, I'm just looking forward to the Olympics in yeah. terms of getting the, all of those boys back into the to the Boomers and all the other national squads yeah. and seeing what happens. I don't care who wins the NBA. Yeah. Now, uh, one little thing which uh, I'm not sure you know about, but uh, just this last week, I was in uh, with the family up in Coffs Harbour. Yep. On a holiday. Yep. And uh, we went to the the big banana water slide park. Oh, yep. And sure. lo and behold, who rocks up? Who? The Essendon Bombers. The Essendon Bombers? The full list. Well, they're in town for a training tour. Yeah, they've been, oh, training they were training up at Coffs Harbour for the oh, week. Okay, yep. Um, so, all what these... What do they do? Just stop in and get a couple of chocolate dip No, no, they're on the, on the water slides and oh, everything. Yeah, right. yeah they, were, they were getting amongst it. Yeah, nice. Um, couple of... Probably grabbed a couple of furry bananas from the gift shop. Who take knows, back to but, the families. Uh, when, you know, 30, 25, 30 super fit dudes walk in, you think these yeah. guys are sporting guys. Sporting guys, yeah. What, what I actually found quite surprising is um, just how, like, initially we thought they were, like, just a junior. Oh, yeah. Like, a, you know, Because they 20s. look so young. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think the average age of an AFL player is probably going to be 24, 25. yeah. Around 24, there. yeah. Um, but, yeah, some nice fellas. Um, yeah, right. Um. You know, Did you, you give them a race up the down the slide? No, nah, well, you know, I, I, what goes on tour stays on tour. Oh yeah, right. But some of the shenanigans on the uh, toboggan. Oh yeah. Would have had some of the coaching staff oh, a little would. bit worried. Oh yeah, okay. Boys with, were letting it hang out, were they? Or just some star players, put it that way. Oh, yeah, um, right. Exceeding speed limits. Right. Okay. On the uh, yeah. toboggan and um, wow. 
some near misses. Let's just leave it at that. Well, well witnessed by not only myself but fellow Essendon players who were waiting for our water slides. And oh, and what did they say? Geez, they wouldn't be happy about that. Well, well yeah, just like whoa, geez, you almost come off. And oh, geez, yeah. Well, the old saying still rings true, doesn't it? You got to get wet to get wild. So. Yeah. The boys are on the water slides, hey? Get them wild. Good on them. But, uh, yeah, well, good luck to the Essendon Bombers for their 2020 campaign. They did look like um, a group that was united yeah, um, all together and uh, having a good time. Did so. they head to the Howie Mowie afterwards, do you think? Like no, later I'm that night? Sure. Probably knows? punched out a couple of shields or something. No, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, right. Oh, well. um, I've never really liked the Bombers as a club, but, um, you know... But well, there's a fair connection with them and the Cronulla Sharks, <laughs> isn't there? So you've got a bit of an affinity there. You've probably got a bit of a soft spot for them, haven't you? Because so, they took the fall, basically, for your Sharks. They did. They did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. They would have been greeted with open arms we by learnt, one Cronulla Sharks fan. The Cronulla Sharks learnt from the Bombers' mistake. They did. Um, Righto, so we've been going for about 40 minutes now. We probably only want to keep this to about an hour. So we've got 20 minutes to cover the topic of the night. Yes, the next now, decade. The next decade. What, we, what do we think it's going to hold? Now, you posed this question to me, Streety. Yep. So I'm going to let you kick this off, mate. Now, what do you think we are going to see in sport in the next 10 years? And we're not talking about who's going to win World Cups, who's going to win championships. We're talking about... What's what's going to have the biggest effect on sport? Yeah, exactly. What is going to have the biggest impact on sport across the board? Yes. I think what's going to happen in sport will be reflective of what happens in society mm. over the next decade. And I think that will be the rise of technology and the use of technology um, in sport. Yeah. In Particularly in professional sport. And in what way? Are you talking about... So, well, because I mean, technology plays a pretty big role, but like, are you talking about uh, like in the way we view it? In the way we view it? In the way uh, sport is officiated, yeah. Um, in the way it's played, okay. Um, but probably more so the behind-the-scenes stuff, the stuff that happens not on the field, um, in in the preparation to the event. So you're just saying basically that technology, like the investment in technology, is going to increase in sport significantly. Yes. Like what pre- preparing players for the sport or everything? Like okay. All right. So. First of all, let, let's touch on the positive and the negative, right? Okay. So we'll yeah. start with the negative. Um, one negative aspect of the next decade will be um, the use of replay. Yep. Um, I think camera Already tech, controversial. broadcast tech, all that stuff is just going to go crazy. Yeah. Um, I think at the moment, across all sports, you know, I've been watching the NFL recently in the playoffs and... You know, um, decisions have been made. You know, like we're talking like literally millimeters by cameras, and you know, like and it just holds up play. You know, we, we we bang on repeatedly about the NRL bunker. You know, it's been used to a little bit of disdain in the AFL. The NBA has issues with mm. replay. Um, so whilst technology is going to give us a lot of positive things in the way we view and play and 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 you know sport. Um, I think one one area that is going to be hard to escape is the negativity surrounding um, the use of replay mm. because it's always going to be there. If you've got the tech, you may as well use it. Yeah. But I, I think it, it's gone. It's, it's at a level now. But you think now. it affects the con- continuity of the game, right? Yes. I actually think it ruins the game in, yeah. in many and ways. And the spectacle of it. And the yeah. spectacle. And, mm. you know, in, in rugby league, you score a try. You've got to watch a replay for three minutes. And, oh, yeah, no, well... 
we'll just go with the on-field decision because we can't see. And you know, obviously, here's an, here's an interesting question for you because we're watching tennis at the moment. Yeah. And the use of Hawkeye and line technology to determine whether the ball is in or out. Yeah. Has significantly changed the game of sport. Yes. Like you see, a lot of calls overruled. But it doesn't seem to affect the flow of a tennis match. No. How did they get it right and everybody else got it so wrong? That's a good question. Um, maybe some of our viewers can chip in with that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe because it's a one-on-one contest and, you know, yeah, like yeah. You, you have... Um, you There's know, probably a lot of natural breaks in tennis anyway. Yeah. Like it's, you win a point, then everyone has a bit of a break and a wipe of the brow. Yeah. And then you go back and someone else serves. So actually having a break to actually decide the it probably just fits with the momentum of the what, what like, I always the find, rhythm of the sport yeah. anyway. And what I always find weird is you continuous. know like games real life games are determined in many in many ways by um, a probability of a graphic mm. saying oh this the likelihood of this landing in this is where it would have landed mm. but you can't be 100% Hawkeye isn't 100%. Yeah yeah. So we you know that that sort of form of technology is you know so who knows what algorithms are going to be used in 10 years time to, sure. to develop to you know, indicate whether the ball was in or out, or so you um, reckon. So do you think that the use of that technology to decide decisions in sport is going to improve, or I don't think um, Hawkeye is going to go away, just because I think you know. No, no, just in general, like the that introduction. Don't forget about tennis for oh, a while, right. you know, but just in terms of like anything, well, it's going to take away from. I, I think in 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 2019 and you know the first part of 2020. We're at a point where technology is um, counterproductive or is has negative effects on professional sport viewing and officiating at the moment. Replay technology. Replay yeah. technology. Yeah. I, I think that's the biggest hindrance to many, if not all, sports. Yeah. VAR for soccer and um, you know all sorts of stuff. I think yeah. the only thing that's not affected by is golf. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. You know, but basketball, footy. Sure. All codes. Rugby was a debacle in the World Cup. It was terrible. Yeah. Um, you know, cricket, you know, like with, with their DRS and... And soccer with the referee going off to have a look and... Oh, it's That just, was a fucking disaster yeah, too. Yeah, it was I terrible. I didn't think that was very good. Um, you know, yeah. maybe maybe in, you know, by in 10 years' time, there won't be referees. It'll just be, you know... All like, computer-generated uh, all, all, all computer-generated. Who knows? But um, I think at the moment, um, it's, a, it's a broken system. Yep. Um, but... Where we've come from, technology-wise, with the advancements of you know apps and algorithms, and you know, from 1980 to you know 2019, yeah, has been pretty significant. Yeah, but I, I think what we're going to see from 2020 to 2030 will far outweigh anything. Like the developments we'll make, the strides we'll make in the next 10 years, yeah, will be 10, 20 fold, mm. 100 fold even over where we've come in the you know the 30 yeah. years prior. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Well, certainly the technology itself is developing that way, so its use in sport will probably become that way. I'm going to talk a little bit more like about one of the positive impacts that I think technology will have, which is in the medical and prehab kind of yep. side of things for sport. Yep. I feel like right now what we are seeing is an era or an age where our athletes are... Their longevity is increasing thanks to me- like medical treatments, yep. technologies, and their knowledge of training techniques and the way to prepare their bodies and make sure they get through. Yep. And I think that understanding is only going to increase. And I think what that's going to mean for us 
as sports fans is you're going to be able to see your favourite players do operate at the top of their games for longer. Yeah. So, you know, it, no longer will it be, well, you've got to get lucky to be injury-free. Mm. I think it will be a circumstance where technology will allow athletes as they move through their careers to understand in fairly finite detail how they actually need to manage their body to make sure it performs at its greatest. And, you know, no better example, obviously it always comes from, say, basketball. For us, but LeBron James, 38 years old, moved to number three. 35. 35, sorry. He's 35 at the moment. Moved to number three today. All time in scoring? Of all time. Like, that guy has at least five years left in the game for sure. Yep. And he's already number three. Mm. So you're going to see records like that broken pretty easily, I think. Yep. And and that's, you know, that's going to mean good things. For people that don't know, LeBron spends a mil to a mil and a half. Yeah, he's quite open in that, isn't he? Yeah, he does say. On himself, on his body. Just on his body, on preparation. So on wellness. Sleep. That's, yeah. Above all, sleep's his number one thing. Yeah, and you know what? We'll talk about that too, actually. So some of the things that I think are going to be huge amounts of kind of um, of like uh, like influences the concussion element of contact sports, yep. but also the deprivation of sleep yep. in schedules for sports like North American sports, where the schedule is so demanding mm-hmm. that the players are playing every second day, yep. and you know, so the drive to get the players out there more because they make more money when they're playing is going to take its toll on people. Yeah. So it's going to be ju- like diametrically opposed to this ad- advancements in technology. Yeah. Yeah. Last couple of years, there's been a lot of stuff about CTE, concussions, um, you know, and then b- more recently is, you know, stuff about how just how crucial sleep is. Now we also, mm. we, everyone knows that a good night's sleep is, you know, often the yeah. best medicine. And, Absolutely. you know, if you don't get your sleep, you end up feeling feeling pretty, pretty crook. But well, my Christmas present was this watch that, has a sleep tracking technology yep. and I can tell you I'm not going that well <laughs> so mm. um, you know like in Tokyo and Japan you know, they're, they're, they're pretty renowned for having these little sleep cells these little sleep yeah. pods you know that yeah. dudes can jump in and get you know a quick power nap or whatever Yeah. Um, you know if we talk about you know going back to you know American sports and you know with their heavy schedules yeah. don't, don't be surprised uh, if teams start to re- retrofit or you know refit their planes mm. with these sleep cells that yeah. you know, have certain oxygen levels for different players like the individualization of, of, of you know recovery and prehab for players yeah. pre and post game mm. um, particularly when they're flying you know across the country on you know four or five hour flights and you know NBA players rock up to they, they play a game, they've got a back-to-back in the next city, they jump a flight, they often, they're often getting in at 4 or 5 a.m. Yeah. the next morning to the airport. By the time they get to bed, it's like 7, 7 o'clock in the morning. Yep. Then they have to sleep during the day mm. uh, and get ready for a game that night. Yep. But if you have a 4 or 5 hour flight, sleep in your sleep cell, yep. you know, get the requisite amount of oxygen that your body needs that your you know, physio or your exercise physio- physiologist has prescribed, yep. all that stuff is going to become, you know, just part and parcel of it'll just be like if you don't have it then you're not going to compete right yeah. like now when you talk about this replay technology that you mentioned Streety one of the other negative things I think on the advancement of you know digital viewing technology is that it will open up many doors in the next 10 years for teams to cheat their way to success totally so it won't just ruin a, user, a viewer's experience it will ruin some contests yep. and 
my biggest disappointment, so so I was thinking about this on the way over here when we had discussed that we were going to talk about this tonight, that my biggest disappointment in 10 years around sport has been the realisation for me that the heroes that I had in sport and the achievements I thought that they had reached weren't true. Yep. So the Lance Armstrong, for example, right? Like, the fact that I thought that he was a legitimate winner of seven Tour de France's and the fact that once I realized that, that wasn't true, right? Yep. Like, well, I think you're going to see more of that in the next 10 years, not only because, so, like, you know, I say that because, you know, the Houston Astros in the Major League Baseball have just been busted for sign stealing back in their World Series victory a couple of years ago. Mm. Um, the New England Patriots in the NFL storied franchise with much success been busted a number of times for stealing yeah so plays. on the baseball thing it's not illegal to sign steal yeah um it is legal to use technology That's to right. sign steal yeah exactly yeah. so it's something that you can do with the naked eye like as in at the ground at the time yeah because that's possible to do anyway absolutely right? like yeah. you got base coaches and you know yeah, you got, got guys on base that can look, look at the signal the catcher's giving yeah. the pitcher and then you can sort of decipher and they'll it, but, try and do that but for anyone that doesn't know what the Houston Astros have been accused of doing and basically been proven mm. because you know coaches have been sacked is that they had cameras recording um, the signals that the pitcher was giving that's right and then almost you know within a second or two instantaneously they would have someone relay a message to mm. someone who would bang a bat or yeah. make a noise, mm. and then the person on base would know that two uh, two bangs yeah. is an outside slider. Yeah, yeah. So he would obviously, because in baseball, you can't, you basically just have to know mm. how you're going to swing. Yep. Um, and then whatever ball comes your way, it's, it's, it's basically luck of the draw. That's right. Uh, yep. Because it's that, that, it's that quick. Mm. You know, the human body can't react. No. And process that thought. You need to be pre- predetermined in your That's shot. Right. It's a re- you make a decision beforehand that you're going to play the, sh- swing the right. bat a certain way. So if you get information yeah. that you know what sort of pitch is coming, mm-hmm. then you know what to swing before the pitch comes. It's a significant advantage. So yeah. and then what I've, I listened to this this story on this on this case and um, certain players from the Astros who were receiving these signals, their home and away batting averages in the World Series were like phenomenally different. Like really? you had a yeah. you know. 450 average for yeah. home games for these guys and then like 11 like a 111 versus 450 which nothing like the old home cooking it, yeah, well, yeah. pretty much exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. that's right um, yeah I mean so baseball's had their taste you know I'm sure they're not the only ones who've done it but they've nah. just been busted yeah some people are better at cheating than others um, yeah, they're always trying to find an advantage but yeah, uh, yeah technology yeah. definitely has its yeah. pitfalls well look I just think that that the lure of or the advantage in cheating will always be there. Yeah. But technology in the next 10 years in both doing things like stealing, stealing signs, yeah. but also all that prehab medical stuff and, and that we spoke about, yeah. where the line is between legal and illegal in that sort of stuff yeah. is going to become very blurred. Yeah. You know, like, so, and in that we talk about body hacking. Yeah. You know, there's a bit of a movement now, you know, body hacking, like to how can you, you know... Use certain techniques or try methods or do do this or that to to basically hack your body to perform at its peak mm. all the time. Mm. Um, whether that is related to diet recovery, yep. all sorts of things. Um, you know, wearable tech is a big thing now for companies like Apple. You know, the Apple Watch and mm. you know the watch you've got. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to see, you know, stuff that is 
Um, That's the Garmin 4Runner 935 yeah. in case Garmin's listening, by yeah. the way. Free plug. Yeah, so wearable tech is is, is going to be, you know, and Apple have even said it, you know, like, like how much more can they do with a phone? Like, you know, yeah. you're always going to sell phones. Yeah, that's right. Um, they always will sell phones. That's mm. the core of their business now. And then computer yeah. second. But wearable tech is a growing market where that can be implemented to many health apps, which yeah. it already is. Um, well, well, yeah, the thing is, is that there's, the reason there'll be a growth in that technology street is because the general public will want to buy it. Yeah. Because an athlete's using it. So, so you have a look at the Australian Open and this week, like all of the big name players have new outfits on from their sponsors, right? So Roger Federer tonight is wearing that outfit. That outfit would be in four or five stores in the middle of Melbourne this week yeah. at full price yeah. because they know that people that go to the tennis, there will be people that will go and buy that exact outfit to look like Roger Federer when they go and play tennis on a Tuesday night yeah. up at Cooks Hill, yeah. right? Now, um, what will... what what will eventually happen is LeBron James will talk about what is he spending his million and a half dollars on preparing his body and someone will go well I want to go and buy that Mm. like I want to have that wearable technology or that body hack or whatever I want to actually have that so then I can actually get the same performance out of my body you know Yeah. except the fact that you're not LeBron so it's not going to work but you know that's that's what people get a market for so that's what they're going to invest in mate so uh, there's wearable tech Mm. Um, another thing I foresee happening and being an accepted part of professional sport, uh, probably towards the latter part of the decade, is um, bionic and electronic body part replacements. Yeah, you had an interesting theory on this, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. share that with me. So I'm going to make a prediction here that by the 2028 Olympics in Los Angeles, mm. um, and it's no surprise that uh, it's in LA, you know, the California, the center of the tech world, is that we're going to see Olympic athletes with bionic and electronic body parts competing in the Olympic Interesting. Games. Interesting, yeah. And, and what, I, what, I, what I mean is um, more so not, um, you know, not like the bionic man or the Terminator running around, but yeah. more so um, medical tech to the point where you can have a complete knee replacement. Let's just say a cyclist, right, yeah. is in training. Um, you know, they're a road cyclist or a sprint cyclist mm. uh, and they have an accident, right? Yeah, yeah. A pretty, you know, a car accident. Sure, you know, yeah. they hit, They're hit by a car their knee is damaged yeah. uh, and they can no longer ride. Yeah. Um, where I see this medical tech um, you know, progressing is that this cyclist can then receive a complete knee replacement, yeah. surgically done by a robot, which is yeah. actually a thing now, yeah. and I'll touch on that in a second, um, where this, this, this cyclist will have a brand new knee yeah. um, and then will be able to operate um, you know, um, and compete um, where they wouldn't have otherwise. Yep. So career-ending injuries are going to become a thing of the past. Going to become less. Um, And electronic body parts, Mm. so long as they don't power themselves, uh, in the sense that, um, you know, um, you obviously still need to move in order for it to move. Yep. You know, but it can be wired into your muscles and all sorts of stuff. Like, you know, we're getting pretty, you know... um, Science fiction here, yeah. But yeah, how many science fiction movies you've seen in the past of that stuff that come true that, 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 that become reality? Yeah, absolutely. Now. Yeah. So bionic electronic body parts are going to become a thing. Yeah. I just want to talk about um, just recently in the states. Uh, I had a flight delayed home, mm-hmm. and I was talking to uh, a young lady who was coming out to Australia. Uh, her job was working for a company um, that produces these machines and robots that perform knee replacements. Oh yeah. So she was saying that. When they do these knee replacements now, um, a surgeon basically doesn't touch them. They they oversee this machine. Mm, yeah. Um, but 
the machine completely does it with such accuracy mm. that um, you get a completely you know new part or you know, that 100% suits your body. Yeah. Right. So we're going to see um, precision um, knee replacements operations for you know ACLs or whatever yeah, yeah, it may yeah. be. Yeah. Uh, to the point where you know the average time spent out of sport is about 12 months for a knee. Yeah. Well, you know, with the advancement of medical tech and body hacking and all that sort of stuff, I think we probably see you know athletes back within two or three months after an ACL. Yeah, could be right. I think that's probably a fair point. I think, um, I think, I think it'll all kind of come together. That that technology sounds like it's amazing, and and I think that goes to that point of saying the value of winning in sport now because there's so much money at the top levels of professional sports. Yeah. You will see a lot of investment in trying to get the most out of an athlete's body and trying to learn from every single kind of step they take. Yeah. Uh, I think that will lead itself to longevity for different athletes. Yeah. And non, you know, a, a reduction in career-threatening injuries. And so, for the viewer, it will be quite a spectacle. Yeah. You'll also see people achieve really great feats. Yeah. Some of them may not be legitimate, and yeah. you may also have people that are using technology that's you know either illegal or unfair do you think there might be a new category of um you know uh, i guess elitism i I guess a bit like your mate kipchoge yeah who who ran the marathon and you know sort of you know controlled circumstances yeah the nike shoes that basically the four percent you know that basically give you an extra four percent on your pb right like the haves and have nots is that what you mean Yes. Yeah. I think actually, like... I mean, I don't have a problem with a pair of shoes. If a pair of shoes just... You know, they, weren't, they weren't on your feet, they're not going to do anything. You still have no. to run at them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you still have to be Elliot Kipchoge who has the capability to That's run. Right. Like, it's like 4% for me would take me, you know, somewhere in... But, still in the five-hour mark for a yeah, marathon. Yeah, but tiny sort of advancements in, in, in the way a sole or even the material used to absorb shock or, you know, relay heat or whatever it is. Like, you know, there's going to be so, so much crazy stuff that's coming out that, you know, yeah, you can I, implement. But do you know what? Like, I I don't actually know that that's... I, like, I think that type of have and have not exists now in sport. Yeah. Like, when you have a look at the English Premier League, for example, right? There's probably seven teams that actually legitimately compete for that title every year. Now, okay, every now and again, a Leicester City comes and surprises you and wins the whole thing. But that's pretty rare. It is. And I think that will become even rarer. But because I think the haves and have-nots type scenario, it's like the Illawarra Hawks, the rest of the league is booming in the NBL, but they're bankrupt, mm. right? And there'll always be a haves and have-nots scenario. Um, it's It exists today, and so it will exist in 10 years' time. But, but maybe what will happen is the gap will get bigger because the technology will have a bigger influence over it. Yeah. So, yeah, I think... And it, so I'm actually a little bit worried about this because when we talk about this as a topic, the interesting thing is <coughs> my anxiety level around this as a sports fan increases because I think I will, over the next 10 years, question significantly every sporting achievement I see mm. and, and as to whether or not it's legitimate. Whether it's the shoes that he's that he's wearing, whether it's the technology that she's used to prepare herself, or coming down to you know what is it that you put in your arm, like yeah. So whether it's electronic, you know, or whether you're stealing signs, or, or whether you yeah. yeah exactly. So anyway, I think technology is going to open. So I guess the summary of where do I think the next ten years will go? Technology will open up in sports to so a lot of cheating. 
A yep. shitload of cheating. Now, another thing, I'm not a financial advisor, so please don't uh, take this, <laughs> this advice. This is not but if, but if I was looking to invest in a company or shares, yeah. uh, where I would be focusing putting my money in 2020 for a 2030 return <laughs> would be in companies that are startups that are looking to get into body hacking, wearable tech, yeah, you know, bionic advancement, re- replacement body parts, things like that. <laughs> Booming uh, industry coming up. Data scientists. That's where the money is, mate. An- analytics. Data scientists. Data scientists who can create video that looks like real video out of data algorithms I've seen that I saw that at work the other day a guy who just using a subset of data on so so took a YouTube video of Bruno Mars yep and had the computer analyse the different data points of where he moved in that dance yep apply that same set of data to a video of himself standing absolutely statically still he could create a video that made it look like he was dancing like Bruno Mars. Wow. Even though he didn't actually move. Yeah. Like, so, anyway, it was cool. So, if you think CCTV footage, if you think it's real, in five years' time, mate, it's probably not. In my industry, uh, Photoshop is uh, an everyday thing, and, yeah, you're right. Um, I I used to, you know, five, ten years ago, think, imagine if they could do Photoshop video. Yeah. You know, and then the, the, this, you know, accessible to everybody, not just movie studios. Yeah, that's Here right. we are today. Yep. Adobe After Effects and things like that. Righto. So we're coming to the end of episode 34. We've got another little special segment for you to close things out. Now, yesterday, Streety and his family went to visit a jumble sale that yes. was set up by a very dear friend of ours, Shannon Williams, and a couple of her friends. Yep. Now, big shout out to Shannon and Mig Williams. They've done a lot to actually support this bushfire relief um, effort that's happened in the area or obviously across the country. But your family picked up a lot of good stuff from this um, jumble sale and we're holding in our hot little hands some of that stuff. Now, what is it, Streety? Why don't you tell the, tell everybody? Well, we got here obsessed with NRL trivia. Yes. So we've got some cards. Un- un- Time to box. shine, David Middleton Streety. All right, so we're going to ask a couple of questions each. At the end of each episode, about our rugby league knowledge. Yeah, we're going to pick two or three questions out and ask each other and see how see who holds the most knowledge about the NRL. All right, yeah. and then we're going to keep a running tally. Yep, absolutely. All right. So here we go. First question. I'm going to go at you, Street. Okay. All right. What was the score of the Illawarra Steelers' biggest win in club history? And they're all multiple choice. So, I think I know it. Already. A fifty-five nil. B 65 to 3 or C 45 nil 45 nil Yes. Yep. How did you know that? I remember this. Really? Yeah. You're amazing. I, you're and they really smash bad me in then. this. Yeah. Were they? Right, yeah. Who did they beat 45 nil? I don't know. I can't remember, but I know it was right. in the 40s, yeah. Oh my god, I didn't think you would get that for shit. Okay, right. shoot one. Throw I'm I'm in trouble here. Come on, Maga. Okay. Come on, Maga. Up to and including the 2017 like season, it. the West Tigers scored their biggest win against which team? A, up to and including Warriors. the what? Up to and including the 2017 season, the West Tigers scored their biggest win against which team? Yeah. A, the New Zealand Warriors. Yep. B, the Bulldogs. Yeah. Or C, the Cronulla Sharks. <laughs> <laughs> if I pick the Bulldogs, then I'm going to think that, uh, the Cronulla Sharks. No, nah, it's the Bulldogs. Oh, <laughs> God damn. <laughs> so 1-0 one, one to Streety. Yeah, 1-0 yeah, to Streety. Okay, I've got my next one for you, okay. buddy. Okay. What was Harry Barth's nickname? 
A, the old fox, B, the grey fox, or C, Shorty. Now, for those of you who don't know, I don't know who Harry Bath is, so... Uh, Alright. Um, so, I couldn't tell you. Well, I'm not going to go B, because he's stealing my nickname. Yep, the grey fox, yep. Um, I'm going to go A. The old fox. The old fox. Yes, it's A, the old fox. Nice. I think you guessed that one. Yeah, I guessed it. It's 2 nil <laughs> anyway, so far. I've got another one. Okay, here you go. Alright, here's one. Who was the head coach of the Adelaide Rams during their debut season as a rugby league club? Oh. Uh-huh. This would have been 1997 in Super League. I think, didn't Graham Murray coach the Hunter Mariners? So it wasn't him. Oh, I don't know. Was it Graham Murray? No. No. Who was it? Rod Reddy. Rod Reddy. Oh, yeah, nice. Okay, from the old Parramatta Eels. All right. Right, so it's 2-0. Okay, two so nil. this is the last one. This is the dead rubber, but we're still, it's like an origin. Yeah, we're yeah. going to go three questions each week. Yeah. Okay, I'm not asking you that one because you'll get that one. So I'm not asking you that one. Oh. Uh, okay, so here we go. How many times has Manly been runners-up in the NRL Premiership over the history of the competition? A, 8, B, 5, or C, 11? They came in in 1947. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know that. Five. No, 11. 11? Yes. Lost yeah, 11 grand final. Lost 11 grand final. That's fantastic. That is fantastic. Suck shit, you. manly. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's 2-0 so far. Can I get myself right. on Can the board this week? Can you get a point? Because this is a running total. Yeah, right. this will be embarrassing. Now, questions are random. I'm just going to pick it out of the middle of the pack. Righto. Okay. Okay. What was the result of the first Anzac test played under the Super League banner? Oh. A. Australia won 34-22. B. New Zealand won 34-20. Or C. Australia won 34-0. C. Incorrect. What is it? Australia won 34-22. Ah, son of a bitch. Alrighty. So now trivia challenge. Strudy after week one leads 2-0. Two two okay. And with that, we'd like to thank everyone for listening to our first show. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. We appreciated the fact that people actually missed us. Yes, it, uh, it's nice to be loved. Mm, always. If it's only on a podcast, we'll take it. Oh, well, it's better than the stuff we get at home, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll be back for our second episode for 2020 sometime in the coming weeks. Yep. Um, and feel free to follow us on the socials. You can track us down on iTunes and other good um, podcast apps. Don't forget to follow our Facebook page, Sports and Spit Podcast, on Facebook. Um, we regularly put stuff there. Oh, and also too, um, if you've seen our videos in the last couple of days, mm-hmm. 2020's greatest sporting achievements have already been done. Yep, we're not even going to predict those because they've no, already been they've already achieved. Been done. Rollerblade guy, the bike on the rollerblades, and that lawn bowl dude. Yeah, pretty amazing. So um, yeah, you won't beat those guys. Everyone else should just give up. Yep, absolutely. And we'll just watch for fun. Yep, absolutely. It's battle for third, just yeah, like the is. boomers at the for the bronze. <laughs> battle for third, the boys will get a bronze. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you soon. Bye bye.